Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. God's plan for you is that we will be victorious and that your Christian walk will be victorious. And I pray and my, you know, my uh, belief at Global Heart Church is that God's called us to be a strong church with strong Christians. As I just said, not churchians. I think Danny Guglielmucci first coined that phrase, that uh, a lot of people, like, you know, they'll go to church, but that's where it finishes. But God never called us to be churchians. He called us to be Christians who are strong and who are growing stronger in Him and in His Word. And, uh, and just a reminder again, everybody, the Christian life is a relationship, not a philosophy. A lot of people come to Christianity, they all want to oh, answer all my questions. And Jesus says, I love it. Jesus says, no, I'll ask you a question first. Which is what he said to the disciples. Who do you, who do, who do you say that I am? Men say this, that, and the other. Who do you say? And uh, it's very interesting. When he said to the disciples, there was only one who answered. The scripture should have said, and they all answered in accord, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But they didn't answer all in accord. It says Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Can I encourage everybody? Jesus wants us all to answer that question. And if you answer the question who he is, everything changes. Some of us think, still think, oh, my grandparents said he was a good man, good teacher. So I'm still in church because I like his teachings. That's who you say he is. Depending on who you say he is, is depending on what you receive back from him. He's a good teacher. Yeah, my, my auntie said that. And Jesus, yeah, good. He's good. Taught good stuff. But when he's the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God, victory begins to happen. No one has to follow you up for church. No one has to check to see and ask, hey, how's your giving? How's your tithing? Never, never an issue because he's the Christ, the son of the living God. And then your relationship to church and to him, it all changes because he's the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, depending on what you answer, then here's what the thing. When you, when you answer, he's the Christ, the Son, and the living God, which means I'm now in a personal relationship with you. Actually, did you know when you're in a personal relationship with God, it's, you have responsibility? If you're in any relationship, if you're in a relationship with your husband or wife, what do you have? Responsibility. Is that right? If you have children, do you have a responsibility? Why then as Christians do we not have responsibilities in, to God's house or his people? Why don't we? Because we're not right in a, we're in a relationship, we go to church. We're churchians. Because when you're in a relationship with Christ, you take responsibility. You have responsibilities. You do it with your friends. You do it with your marriage. You have it with your children. I have responsibilities. So in Christ, we have responsibility, but it's not any, any way a burden because he's the Christ. He's Lord, and I'm here serving him. And from that, God begins to bring out victorious living in your life and then the next generations. So God's calling us to be strong in Jesus' name. 
And, uh, and we need to know that when it comes to the Bible, how you're going to be strong is if you know the Word of God. You will not be strong if you don't know God's Word. Because the Word that will rule your thinking and your life will be the cultural Word. What's the new Word in the culture? What's the culture saying? What's the magazine saying? What's the TV saying? And so if we're going to have victorious living, everybody, we're going to be building upon our relationship with Jesus, which is now that I answer the question, he's, he's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's been answering my questions for 39 years. Now I'm in a relationship with him. But also because I'm in a relationship with his body. A lot of people think they're in a relationship with him. If you're not in a relationship with his body, you're not because that's his body. <laughs> what do you mean never, you know, never going to, hey, I'm going to go see my friend, but I never go to their, the person of them, the body. Well, I haven't gone to them. So, so Jesus wants us to know we're going to be in a relationship with him and his, and his body, but we need to be building upon the word of God. God wants us to build uh, spiritual wisdom you know, you can, you can have all the degrees, been to every university. You can be studying your master's and be as thick as two planks. That's an Australian paraphrase for a lack of wisdom. Intellect and wisdom are very different things. Intellect and wisdom are very different things. I've met lecturers who are some of the dumbest people I have ever met. Because there's no wisdom from God. I met 17-year-olds who've got saved and repented. Steve Kelly, my best friend of over 40 years, he's a great example. I led him to, led him, took him to church, led him to Christ. He zoomed past me in about three months, <laughs> left me in his ashes, just was reading the Word of God, seeking the Lord, was so up to God. And then the insight coming out of his mouth at 18 was unbelievable. And I actually said to him, who told you that? I'm like, come on, who told you that? And he said, well, I was praying and I was reading the word. And I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> wisdom was coming. Incredible wisdom. And, uh, but that's because he was spending time with the Lord and building his life on God's word. So everybody, if you want to uh, be strong and be able to stand, you're going to have to build upon the word of God. John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus. So the Bible says that Jesus is the Word. When you read the Bible, what is it, 39 and 27 books, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, Jesus concealed, New Testament, Jesus revealed, all of it is the Word. When you read the Word of God, you are reading the fullness of who God is, His heart and His character. And then Jesus embodies that. Jesus embodied the Father. And, uh, and so then it's amazing how scientists discovered that we're made up of DNA, which is, what is it? It's like six billion base pairs of DNA make you up. Six billion base pairs of DNA, which uh, are full of instructions and genetic code. That's why the termination of baby is such a terrible thing, because once the baby's there, it's six billion base pairs of DNA that is full of instructions, words, letters, Words and letters that make you up. I keep staring at my grandson going, I wonder how much of me is there. And, uh, and it depends on how much of the letters and instructions to be like granddad are there. Guess what? How much of the instructions of God's word, 
how much of his words are in you determines how much of the Father is in you. Because he's the word, you're made in his image, created uh, as they've discovered. Oh my gosh, there's all this six billion base pairs of DNA that are full of instructions, letters that form words to create you. Because we're made in his image, we're reflecting him. And so if you want to be like the word, you have to have the word in you. You have to have the word of God in you to be like him. Hello. You have to have the word of God in you. And you have to let the Word of God come into you daily. Thomas Sal, who I discovered a little while ago, shame, how have I missed him all these years? says, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell yourself what you want to hear. Let me say that again. Thomas Sal, he said, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, well, actually, that's not always the truth. But anyway, <laughs> when you want to help yourself, you tell yourself what you want to hear. And Proverbs 14, 12 says it very clearly. There's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end is the way of death. Isn't this, everybody? The Bible, thousands of years old wisdom in the book of Proverbs, exactly what Thomas Sow just said. There's a way that seems right to you. There's a way that seems right to you. There's a way that seems right to you now. Feels right, seems right, and the Bible says here, but it's the way of death. So the Bible's saying, how many people have said, well, I just feel like that, and I'll just feel like this, and I'll follow that, but the way thereof is death. Now, that might not be physical death at the moment, but it'll be maybe emotional death. It may be, well, this is what I think. Do you guys want to just leave that up for me? If you got it there, leave it up. That scripture uh, might be relational death, but it seemed right to me. It seemed right to me. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right to me, a man or a woman, but in the end, it's the way of death. We'd be very careful and uh, that we're building upon the word of God, not what seems right to me. And then Jeremiah, I love it because I have so many people say to me, well, Pastor, I'm just following my heart. I feel like, I feel now. I've had people come in for counseling at times to tell me a major decision. And I've said to them, okay. And they said, yeah, I really had this feeling about a couple of years ago, a feeling. And I'm like, okay, so then what did the Bible say to you? Uh, um, I said, well, did you have time with the Lord after you've been in the Word, uh, so God wasn't in there. The Word had nothing to do with it. And then they said to me, I'm making a major decision because I'm feeling it. Never make a decision in a tunnel and never make a decision on a feeling. Never. And that's another reason why we need to be in the body of Christ, in the body, because you're part of the body is actually if you're maturing, you'll be accountable in the body. When I was in Bible college, I was a new Christian from a broken background, and I was amazed. Put your seatbelt on. I'm in Bible college, and I see Ephesians 4. God put pastors, leads, prophets, teachers, evangelists there to lead the church, guide the church, be the overseers of the church. I'm like, okay, the whole New Testament is overseers, the church, the structure. And then I came out, and everybody I met was unaccountable Christians everywhere. And I'm from a broken, dysfunctional had no authority, and I'm seeing God set it all up, and I watched Christians ignore the whole thing everywhere. I was, like, shocked. I watched chaplains who were chaplaining people who were unaccountable anywhere. 
I watch Christian school teachers. Hello, school teachers. Love you all. Who I'd say, who are you accountable to? What church are you accountable to? Oh, no, I'm in a Christian school. I'm like, but that's not the Bible. The Bible doesn't say Ephesians 4, and he gave some Christian schools there who you're to be accountable to. No. So I'm walking around going, Every, people still aren't doing the word. So there's no victorious living in their Christian life. It doesn't say Christian schools are awesome. We've got principals here. Kieran, I can see you there. God bless you. Awesome principal, Kieran, Alchemist Baptist. Awesome. But Christians, teachers, chaplains, <laughs> bank officers, scientists, financial people, God says maturity is that you're accountable in the body. But I'm a new I'm out of a broken background. Everywhere I'm going with Christians, like, huh? No one's again. No, what? Didn't Ephesians 4? What was Jesus? Jesus, you must have been joking because no one's got this. <laughs> that was in Ephesians 4 11, a little joke thing. Because no one cares about these people. But God put them there to protect you. The problem is, Thomas Sell, I'm going to use a couple of his today. He says, the problem is. The problem is isn't that Johnny can't read. The problem isn't even that Johnny can't think. The problem is that Johnny doesn't know what thinking is. He confuses it with feeling. That's our culture. Everything's with feeling. Feeling. And Jeremiah 17, 9, I think, for everybody who says to me, look, I'm just right now following my heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 is the most disturbing scripture. It's another one that you get to it and just get out of it and go straight to Psalms. Just don't even look at it. Because it says, your heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah says, your heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? God says, you don't even know it. It's so deceptive. And then people say to me, I'm just following my heart. It's deceitfully wicked. Good luck. <laughs> so, so. So all the time, I just feel to follow my heart on this. Good luck. It's deceitfully wicked. God says he's struggling to know it. It's so deceptive. Good luck you knowing it. So I, I have never said I'm following my heart for 39 years because it's deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Good luck, God. Good luck, Sue. <laughs> Pray for her. She's married to it. We have to say, Jesus, help me to follow your word. Because the culture more than ever now is feeling. It's feeling. How the culture is now today, for everybody who's in their late 50s, like um, other people. <laughs> when, how the culture is now about this feeling orientation, we would have considered that when I was a teenager, you were completely dysfunctionally mature. And now it's life. People are doing everything out of reaction, out of feeling, out of lo logic. And in actual fact, it's many on the universities are affirming it. We're affirming people to act like children. So we have to say, for us who want to grow up, do you want to grow up? I want to grow up. It's never too late. You want to have victorious living? I do. I think some people don't. God will let you not have a victorious living if you don't want it. He'll let you have, because he gives you free will. I, I don't want that. I want to be victorious. Because victory brings freedom. 
you're living a victorious Christian life, there's going to be freedom there. So our spiritual enemy wants us to obey our feelings and what the shifting sands of culture say. So your feelings, I feel this, I felt that, I'm feeling this. <laughs> I didn't know when I woke up this morning, Pastor Jared, I'd feel like this. I feel 400 things a day. <laughs> I can, oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling you. I'm not feeling you. And guess what that means? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't always feel like coming to church. Unbelievable, I know. 39 years like an angel, but I've expressed the truth. Uh, truth. Most weeks of my life, I can't wait to be in God's house. But there's the odd weekend, I'm like, ugh. And guess what I do? You are the Christ. This is your body. And I will be there. Know whether it snows in Perth for the first time <laughs> or it, whatever happens, I'll be in God's house. Because I've answered the question. And I will have my Bible app on, and I'll be hearing the Word of God. I like to hear the Word of God, because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by reading. So I like to read. I read books, but I like to hear the Word of God. I've got a great Bible app at the moment. It's really, it's got a bit of drama with it, and it's a bit, ooh. Um, I think it's the Word of Promise. Word of Promise. It's really good. Yeah, so anyway, that's free ad for them. But... Uh, but you've got to build on the Word. The message in Psalm 119 says this. It says, By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. Psalm 119 in the message. It says, Everything's falling apart on me, God. Put me together again with your Word. Festoon me with your finest sayings, God. Teach me your holy rules. My life is as close as my own hands, but I don't forget what you have revealed. The wicked do their best to throw me off track, but I don't swerve an inch from your course. I inherited your book on living. It's mine forever. What a gift and how happy it makes me. I concentrate on doing exactly what you say. I always have, the psalmist says, and I always will. Wow. God's words show us where we're going, everybody, spiritually. Psalm 119 says in verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet. There's a lamp and a light to my path. When you're in God's word every day, his word is a lamp to your feet so you can see, hang on, what's the next step? And then the word lights up the path ahead. So God's word, you've got a lamp happening every day. When you're in God's word, there's a lamp. There's a, and there's a light, that, that lamp is just lighting up your next step. And then as you're in God's word, he's lighting up the path for the future. So if we're not in God's word, everybody, we can't see where he's saying to go or not go because we are, we're, hello, living, feeling orientated, and the culture is directing us. So I want to encourage you to make sure you're in God's word. When Sue and I moved to plant uh, the church, uh, which became Hillsong London, I'll never forget, we moved there in 1992, and no one from Sydney Church had ever gone there, and I didn't know London I got married there for two weeks. That was it. And then when we were there, I'm like, Lord, I have no clue. Do we go north or south? What do we do? 
And uh, we prayed, and I was just in my daily reading, just my daily reading. And the next day, I opened my daily reading. Hello, Mark Etherton, who came along and got saved in our church in London. Is that right? Oh, here. Well, you came to church, and you were naughty. You took a little while. <laughs> Your parents got saved. Amen. No, no, no. They were saved already. But I prayed, and, and I uh, was praying, say, anyway, I opened my daily reading the next day, and it said, look to the north, for there is your beautiful sheep. What? So I said to Sue, uh, I've got an answer here. <laughs> and so God directed me, look to the north, there's your sheep. So we went, put in a high school in North London. God directed me, his word was the lamp, and then he lit up the path. But if I wasn't in the Word, I wouldn't have that spiritual direction. John 8, 32 to 35 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It doesn't say, And you shall know a truth, your truth, their truth, her truth, his truth. All of that is so subjective on how people feel about anything. The Bible teaches us you shall know the truth. And actually, in fact, Jesus made the outrageous claim where he said in John 14, 6, I am the way. Not part of the map. I'm the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus nailed what truth is. And the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we need to become people who know him and who know his language. How does he speak? How does he talk? And, uh, and know the word of God. You've got to know the word of God. So when the enemy comes out with you with a fake thing, you're like, hmm. I know the Word of God. That's not what God's Word says. Some of us can't, uh, we, you know, we're getting uh, led astray by somebody or maybe a Christian because we don't know the Word of God. But when you know the Word of God, I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. And uh, we, so we need to know the language. Justin, who uh, works for us in Rwanda, and uh, as you know, is my Monasu's first compassion child, number one of our 1,150-something we now sponsor. But uh, Justin got asked by the ambassador from Rwanda to Zambia to go and do a training course with President Kagame's team in Rwanda. Facebook's me. Am I allowed to go do the president's training course in, in Rwanda? I'm like, get on the plane now. Anyway, so anyway, so he got invited to go and do that. And uh, they'd, they'd seen that he'd come to Australia. They'd studied here. He's studying in Zambia still, and he's working at the church, and then he got invited to the training course. Anyway, when he came back, he is there, and he got, uh, part of what he was doing was looking after some of the international students. They brought Rwandese who'd gone around the world, their children, who were probably in their 20s, some into their early 30s, and they brought them back to Rwanda for this training course. Anyway, when they came in, he said, I said, how was it? He says, yeah, great and challenging. And I said, what was the challenge? And he said, I had to help a lot of the students who'd returned uh you know they'd gone to canada and america and europe wherever he said when they came back um he said we we're all talking kinyawandan i'm talking with new friends i'd made and i'm talking kinyawandan at home and you know and he said and then all many of these ones who'd returned their parents either did, didn't give them the language or they resisted getting it because i'm now australian or canadian or american or whatever and they'd lost the language and he said there was that many people in tears, it was really, really a challenge because now, returning all these years later as, you know, the children or born overseas or come back who'd been invited to the course, they were now locked out of their culture to a big degree 
and locked out of understanding because they didn't have the word. They didn't have the words. They didn't have the language and there was tears. And when he said it to me, I remember thinking, wow, I so have to be a person of the word because otherwise I'm locked out of my identity in Christ. They were locked out of their Rwandan identity. And just while I've got one second, parents, if you come from another culture, give your children your language. Do not stop talking to them in your language because it's part of their identity. Even if you live here, never return to that country, it's part of their identity. If they decide to go there, they'll connect with their identity. So don't give them your language. So, uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, so he said it was really, really challenging. And they were locked out of a portion of their identity. When you don't know God's word, your identity will be malformed. And if you're basing it off opinions, it will you'll be something missing. And actual fact, this is an amazing scripture. In Psalm 138, verse 2, it says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above your name. God lifts his word, the scripture says here, above his name. So we need to realize, hang on a minute, I need to have a rethink and have an elevation of God's word in my thinking and in my life. Because it is what's going to empower you, but also uh, create God's identity in you. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the world. What the Bible is saying, don't fit into the world's mold on you anymore. What the world says of you, forget it. The ta- everything now is tags. They put everybody in groups, identity groups, tags, forget it. The Bible says, don't be conformed, don't be put in the world's mold, but be transformed, which is the Greek word metamorphosis. Same way as a caterpillar or a chrysalis uh, goes through, you know, um, coming out of the cocoon. There's a struggle, but in the end comes out and there's a beautiful butterfly. God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's the thought, to the degree that you pr- transform your thinking is the degree whether you walk in the good, the per- uh, acceptable, or the perfect will of God. God's linked the, His perfect will, His acceptable will, His good will, with the transformation that occurs through His Word. Proverbs 2 verse 1, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search her as hidden treasures, then you will understand and fear the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Everybody, the Lord gives wisdom. Down in James chapter 1, it says this. So get rid of all uncleanness, all that remains of wickedness, and with a humble spirit, receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart, which is able to save your souls. So the Bible's saying there right now, we need the word of God, hello, implanted into us. And uh, in actual fact, Geordie talked on Friday night how when you come to Christ, you're transformed, but, uh, but then God is transforming you continually. There's continual transformation happening. But if the Word is not there, God's Holy Spirit, God, God suddenly touches something with the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But if we've not got the Word there, God's got nothing to touch. He's got nothing to anoint. There's got to be the Word of God there so God can bring it alive by the Holy Spirit. So if we've got no Word in us, God can't speak to us and anoint that so that you know, oh my gosh, God is with me in, the, in this challenging time because he just anointed that word to me. 
you know, when we, when we could, we're told by the doctors, can't have children, God anoints to Sue. She's doing a daily reading, your sons will be princes in the land. And Sue came, I came to the front door and Sue said to me, we're having boys. And the doctor told us, you're not having any. Maybe you might, but it's not looking good. And then Sue, the Holy Spirit anointed the word of God. But I want to encourage you, you've got to give you something for God to anoint so that he can speak to you. So it runs counter to our emotions. God works counter to our emotions. Christians, stop living by any emotions, honestly. You can f- feel an emotion, but stop giving them authority. Why do you give so much credibility to your feelings and to your opinions? There's another thought. Why do you give so much credibility to your opinion? I, I meet people in their opinion. Well, this is what I'm like, oh my gosh. <sighs> do you know there's billions been here before you? Jesus ministered for three years, changed the world, history, culture, music, art, leaders, princes, kings, people in the gutter, people in villages, people in cities, preachers. In, God, he changed everything. My opinion, back seat. <laughs> Go back there. It's of little value in the sight of the infinite God. Cease listening to instruction, my son, in Proverbs 19, it says, and you'll stray from the words of knowledge. Cease listening to instruction, my son, my daughter, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. That's why everybody, if you have a friend or a child or a relative who's out of church and you treat it lightly, you're in big trouble. You don't ever want to treat that lightly in God's economy. You want to get praying. You want to get coffeeing. You want to get lunching because it says this, cease listening to instruction and you'll stray from the words of knowledge. And when you stray, the enemy's like, come over here with me. To him, to her to there yet we as christians we're always oh that's fine you know they're in the world they're having i had a worldly experience everybody needs a worldly experience no they don't they don't because they get burnt they get lost they get blinded the god of this world the bible says who has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever we well, can start out a believer, and if you strayed from the word, you can be straight over here and now be blind. You ever met Christians and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't feel like uh, I did before. Not feeling as on fire as I used to. And, yeah, not feeling as passionate about church. And they're kind of looking and talking to you as if there's someone to blame. When what happened is you've strayed from God's word. You've strayed from God's word. But you're looking for someone to blame. Oh, this is why. And I'm not feeling, so I don't, I'm, lose, I'm struggling losing my faith. You've strayed from God's word. You've strayed from humility to pride. When you stray from humility to pride, you'll struggle with everything. Get ready to struggle with more. So I have to take my straying self back over here. Say, Lord, please forgive me. I'm back on the throne, and I've made a mess of the throne, and I've got proud, and I've got blaming. Lord, help me take responsible. I cease listening to your instruction. Lord, I want to listen again. Help me. And guess what God does? I'll help you. I'll grace you. And God says, go again. Prayer and his word, everybody. Prayer and his word, where you are praying and not just for what you want, right? Someone's like, yeah, I love praying. Lord, give me this, give me that. Where is he? Where's her? Where's the car? Where's this? Where's that? Where's that? No, we need to say, actually, Lord, what do you want me to pray today? Lord, what do you want me to pray? 
the Lord's like, I want you to pray for uh, your family. I want you to pray for this person. I want you to pray for the people in Uganda right now who are suffering. Lord, show me how to pray in my own life. Well, right now, <laughs> pray for your children. You know, God will lead us. But if we are prayers and not led by emotions, uh, these are great. And we've actually got the word where we're like, I need, to get, <laughs> I need to get my own words out of my head. I need to get the words of the, of the culture out of my head and out of my heart. So when I've got God's word there, it's signs of humility. Last thought, everybody. Last thought. The word is protective. The word of God is protective. David said, Your word I have hidden in my heart, Psalm 119, that I might not sin against you. Your word I've hidden it. I've hidden it in my heart that I won't sin against you, God. Lord, help me to keep hiding your word, keep placing it in the deep recesses of my soul that I might not sin against you. And also, one of the translations of the word sin is to miss the mark. It's not just to rebel against God. It's actually to miss the mark straight off course. So when you are hiding God's word in your heart and you're saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. He says, I will anoint the word of God. Humble yourself that I might exalt you in due course. The Bible says we do the humbling. God does the exalting. I love that. But it brings you back on track. So the word is protecting you. If you're a parent, the Word is protecting your children if you apply it. If you're a grandparent, the Word is protecting your grandchildren because what we do, they're following. What we lead in, they follow. Mom and Dad, what you example, not what you say, don't listen to your opinions, what you example, the Word of God, how you do it, they will follow. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing more valuable to me than impacting people, children, my children, my grandchild, for good, for God's kingdom. Nothing greater. I, forget. Ultimately, if you leave them finances, a car, a house, it's great. If you can do that. But ultimately, it's leave a spiritual inheritance. Leave them a spiritual inheritance, a rich inheritance, where they're now walking into the call of God humbly, 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 graciously walking into it, humbly. And then you leave the planet and say, Lord, great, I'm home. <laughs> and then they can get on with doing what God calls them to do. We're going to leave the churchian behind and become the Christian who God can then take us into victorious living in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? Can someone say amen? Let's get into victorious living. You know, and some of you, your pastors in the days gone by haven't taught you rightly. They may be lovely people. But just because you had a pastor doesn't mean that they were actually teaching you rightly. Don't teach the, they might, they might just be teaching you and it was great and it's nice, but we need to realize, because often people say to me, wow, that was challenging. And I'm like, it actually, it's challenging. It's the word of God. So you could say every week, well, oh, that was challenging. Why? Because the word of God is challenging us. Because he's not finished with me. He's not finished with you. He's got a great plan. He's got a great purpose. And so God doesn't challenge me to harm me. He challenges me to bring me into victory. He's bringing me into victory. Anybody be getting brought into victory? Come on, who's getting brought into victory by God, His Word? <laughs> yeah, so I don't see it as challenging. I see it as prepping me. And uh, if I respond, it's life-giving. Thank you so much for joining us online today. 
Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.